WBNE. Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie. I'm Becca. And I'm Eni. And welcome to the podcast where we explore characters, themes, and symbolism in pop culture. This episode comes to you straight from Curissant, The Ghost, Mandalore, and Broken Down at At Walkers. Because today we're discussing the strong women in the Star Wars universe. I'm so excited. Today's going to be a little bit different, or a lot of it different. An mm. extra special episode, an all-female episode. I'm here with Becca and Eni from Sincerely Us. Welcome, Hello. guys. Hi. We're so Thanks happy for to us, be Valerie. here. I'm so excited. Honestly, though, this was Casey's idea. Casey was like, we should have an all-female Star Wars episode. And I was like, yeah, 100%. That sounds great. <laughs> I love that. But it's just funny to me that it was Casey's idea. Of well, course. He honestly is like the biggest feminist on our network. <laughs> like some of the he things really that he like shares and stuff. I'm like, wow, Casey, you are so much more woke than I am sometimes. <laughs> I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like all of our Instagram DMs are the same thing of me being like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're so smart. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> but today isn't about Casey as much as we all love him. <laughs> today, we want to talk about all the female characters in Star Wars, what the fe- what the fandom is like uh, in Star Wars as female fans, and some of our favorite female moments and things. I'm so excited. This is my favorite aspect of Star Wars, so that's why I'm excited. Star Wars has definitely gone... I was thinking about this. Star Wars has gone from being pretty... Uh, light on the feminine influence there to they're adding more and more females with each new film and show and and I love it so much that they're you know diversifying oh um, absolutely both male and female and both with you know more people of color and even when you think about um the types of aliens that they have as well as Mm. far as diversity we were watching the original trilogy and you're watching like the cantina scene and i was like oh or even the prequels most of the aliens are like humans in like funny makeup and funny hair yeah they feel more hunger games or something than yeah but the newest ones they have the coolest costumes and makeup for the aliens so just an all aspects, uh, Star Wars keeps getting more and more diverse, which is fantastic. Absolutely. So we wanted to start off by talking about some of our favorite female characters in Star Wars, the ones that we admire and why. So maybe, Eni, do you want to pick a character to talk about first? I want to talk about um, Asajj Ventress, who is an incredibly strong female character that I was not familiar with until recently. So, um... I didn't watch the Clone Wars series until like a month ago, two months. Actually, no, a little bit more than that, like two, three months ago. So I didn't know who she was. I was unfamiliar with her like completely. And she's just this like kick butt, like Sith (laughs) um, apprentice of Dooku um, until Dooku basically gets rid of her. But she is like so strong and always gives Obi-Wan and Anakin a run for their money and I I love her character so much. I'm in the same boat. I didn't start watching Clone Wars till January and so I've finally watched them all through and I'd seen some Asajj Ventress in passing like Casey or our son were watching it and um, but it was really cool to finally catch all those missing pieces to the story I felt like. Absolutely. 
Um, Becca, I know you haven't watched um, too much of Clone Wars, but um, she is like this very like nimble. She's very evil looking to begin mm. with. Um, I and do she love comes. Her. She comes from this like clan of like sorceresses. I want to say. Is yeah, what they, they are. call themselves witches. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like to begin with very evil looking and she wields like dual lightsabers and like it's just there she's literally always fighting with obi-wan and anakin and like always getting away and always either outsmarting them or outwitting them or just outrunning them and um she's awesome and she takes like no crap from anybody so i have a question the um at Hollywood Studios, who is the sister Sith that the kids have the chance of fighting during the Jedi training? I'm honestly not sure. Cause it is it her? Um if I I can't even remember the last time that I saw the Jedi training, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. I was say I'd, I would guess it was her because there aren't any other because they call them the Night Sisters, yeah. the mm. the witches. So if they call her a sister Sith, I think she's the only one that I know of who fits that description. Okay. Um, I just remember my nephew not wanting to fight her and wanting to fight Darth Vader. <laughs> so that's the only mm. like context I have. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, why don't you want to fight her? She's so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I honestly, like, I couldn't tell you because I, I, um, I, I'm too old for the Jedi training. <laughs> so I'm never allowed to participate. <laughs> so I always just continue on my merry way. <laughs> She's always, like, bitter about it. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I kind of wanted to start with Ventress because I feel like as strong as all of the, you know, more well-known female characters in the series are, I think that Ventress, even though she is a Sith and even though she is, like, kind of on the eviler side of things, I think that she's um, worth talking about. Character grows on me throughout the series. At first, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I love her. But as I see more and more of her, I really like her. Um, so I didn't really start liking her, liking her until she, until Dooku basically like banished her or like just got rid of her. Yes. And it wasn't until she kind of stopped following people's orders, I guess, that she kind of developed as a character. And then like eventually, like towards the end of of her, like kind of at least of what I've seen of her arc, because I still haven't seen the last, like, four episodes of the newest season of Clone Wars, so no spoilers. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, the last of, that I saw her, the, she was helping Ahsoka. You know, like, I think there's a... I mean, not that she... It, it's a redemption in any way, because she still did, like, a lot of pretty bad things, but um, I think that she... It shows her growth as a character, and I think that the, it, it, she's very, very well written. I agree, I think it's something to say about um, the writers that it's this character that you're basically, from day one, you're kind of set to dislike because she's a Sith, because she's evil. And then you're able to, you know, a couple seasons in, have this, like, sympathy and empathy for her that the person who she looked up to most, the person who she was, like, doing everything for just kind of casted her aside. And then the symbolism of her going home and it being her and all of her sisters and mother. And it's just this whole clan of women that are making each other powerful. So that symbolism is really cool. It makes it such a strong character. I like that uh, we said about that. Yeah, she comes from a whole group of women. Mm -hmm. That's it. They're all women. Yeah. (laughs) Just fantastic. I think she reminds me of Ahsoka. I feel like they kind of go opposite paths. Yeah. 
Like, Asajj comes from the Sith and then becomes more of a gray character, whereas Ahsoka comes from the Jedi and she leaves the Jedi Order and um, becomes a little bit more of a gray character, or at least a gray Jedi. I haven't seen, like I said, haven't seen the end of Clone Wars and I haven't seen Rebels yet. And I know that Rebels is when, like, her character, like, is truly amazing. At least that's what everybody has told me. Um, but I initially didn't like Ahsoka at all. I thought she was very, um, which is funny because she's Anakin's Padawan, um, very whiny and very like just wants to do everything all the time. And she was just a lot for me. But the more she grows and the more that she like goes down her own, like her path, like I love her so much. And so where I'm at right now in um, in Clone Wars, she like it's like her first, it's her not with the Jedi Order, and her trying to figure out her own way with um, the two, the mechanic and um, her sister. I forgot their names. Yes, but they're also I can't super remember cool. the sisters' names. They're yeah. also super cool. I'm sorry, Becca. I know I'm keeping you out of this conversation. That's okay. <laughs> it just makes me want to um, know Ahsoka more because. Anakin is my favorite from the prequels, and so I didn't know that um, she was his Padawan. So, oh yeah, that's even cooler. I the only reason I want to watch the Clone Wars and Rebels is because of Ahsoka, because I'm obsessed with Ashley Eckstein. Like, well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the only reason I started watching the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, another thing that really came out of the Clone Wars for me was more love for Padme. So, like, in my opinion, um, while I think Padme was a like a pretty well-rounded character well i don't know she was a an okay character in the prequels i think that throughout clone wars like they they emphasize that and like showcase just how strong and diplomatic and intelligent and resourceful she is and i think that her character growth throughout that arc is a lot better than in episodes one two and three i had the same thoughts i didn't love Padme until I read there's a book I think it came out last summer and it's called Queen's Shadow mm-hmm. and it's set right when she's no longer queen into when she's becoming a senator okay. and it talks so much about her and the women who were her bodyguards slash friends mm-hmm. and how much they are all so loyal to her like I love seeing those uh, female friendships yeah. mm-hmm. in in that story, which is something we don't get a lot of in Star Wars. I wanted to talk about that later. Um, but I loved Padme in that book. And, like, seeing her um, work with, like, Mon Mothma and Bail Organa and the Senate. And and then I, re- or I watched Clone Wars after I read the book. And I just loved her even more. I was like, oh, Padme, you're so much cooler than the prequels give oh, you credit absolutely. for. And that's no, like, that's no shame to um, Natalie Portman. I think Natalie Portman was an amazing Padme. I think she did incredible with what, like, she did amazingly with what she was given. Um, I just think that they developed her character a lot more within Clone Wars than they did in the, you know, feature-length movies. Yeah, even in the prequels, Padme has a very strong voice in the Senate. Like, she's a Mm. a voice for what's right and what's good. And uh, her line of, you know, and this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause is like the best line in the whole prequel (laughs) i think that's what's so interesting about like star wars in general because like you mentioned touched on a little bit before the prequels and the original trilogy weren't hugely women-centric but the women that were in those stories 
were senators or generals or like were the ones in power. So I thought that that was really interesting. Well, yeah, you have like in the original trilogy, you have Mon Mothra, Mothra, right? Is that how you say her name? Mon Mothra, I think. That's what it is. I can't read my handwriting. It's fine. Um, She is kind of just like the head of all of this. And she um, she is in the prequels. She was in the original trilogy. And she's just this, this like force of like sanity almost. She just wants peace, and she's she is always like just on top like on top of all of the politics of everything, and has been against Palpatine since day one. And then you have Leia in the original trilogy, who mm. in like the first scene with her is basically portrayed as this damsel in distress and then the second mm-hmm. Luke actually goes and saves her like he she ends up snatching the blaster out of his hand and and shooting all the stormtroopers so while yeah I, I there could have been more female characters I think that Leia is just her growth between the original trilogy and the sequels and her, her just her character in general is like one of my favorites of the entire series like the entire Star Wars universe. I remember watching Star Wars and it was probably like the first thing that I can remember that wasn't Disney at the time. And um and I remember seeing Leia and I'm like, "Oh, she keeps up with the boys, kind of like how I keep up with my brother and his friends." And you know, like so I just I love Leia so much. And then seeing her transition from being her in the original trilogy to her in the sequels as a mom as the general as like just that whole maternal figure for like everybody not just you know ben solo but for ray and for like taking care of poe and finn and making sure that like everything is going the way that it's supposed to go and i think i love her character so much i cried a lot a lot (laughs) in rise of skywalker a lot a lot (laughs) with reason I didn't cry when she died, but when Chewie heard that she oh died, my God. And he that loses was, it. That that's when too. I lost it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I cried. I know I got teary eyed because I saw the the scene where they're all like surrounding her body, and the only person that's missing from that scene is Billy Lord, like her actual daughter. So like mm. I like my heart broke for her in that moment because like I can't imagine having to film that scene which is most likely why she wasn't there. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course when Chewie like just breaks down, that I lost it. The thing that I really like most about Leia's character, which wasn't typical for the era that the original trilogy came out, is that her like romantic storyline is such an afterthought to her character, like her falling in love with Han Solo is like not even just a B plot, I feel like it's a C plot. Like I don't it's not something that is the focus of her character, which is not something that really happened in the 70s and I think it's just the 70s and 80s um, when these stories, when the original trilogy came out. And so I think that's one of the things that like stuck with me when I watched these for the first time when I was like 10 um, was that there was this woman that not only was in charge, but her being a love interest wasn't her plot. Like, it wasn't the thing that kept her in the story. In fact, it was her love with her brother more than it was the love with Han. So I really liked that a lot. And even though um, it does not pass that test, the, the, the female, t- I f- 
Yeah, the Bechdel test. I always want to say the Setchel test. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> even though it doesn't pass that, I think that it really, um, it, it was really intuitive for the time to take this character that is a senator um, and just like make her not, it, like her whole story does not revolve around falling in love with Han Solo. So That's such a good point. I love that she is, she's in the rebellion before Han or Luke. Like it might yeah. be Luke's story, but she was in the rebellion long before he was because mm-hmm. she is her, you know, her uh, adoptive father, Bail Organa's mm-hmm. daughter, and he's been in the rebellion for ages. And she has been doing, you know, undercover type work for the yeah. rebellion for a long time. I love that in the first scene where we see her, she's facing off with Vader and Tarkin and is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on a diplomatic mission from Alderaan. And you're like, right. (laughs) Sure you are. But she's willing to just lie to their faces. She's so sassy and Mm. bold and brave. And like you said, there weren't a lot of female characters in the original prequels, or the original trilogy. The only two that we get are Leia and Mon Mothma that have any speaking lines. But the two that we get are really great. I agree. Absolutely. I also really like like how political she is because again, for that time, women weren't really su- like that was just around the 60s and 70s right when women were starting to get even more political. Like obviously, um when women got the right to vote, like that was a big thing. But I mean like like nitty-gritty politics. And the fact that she was the political one in like the main trio is such a big deal. The fact that she knew what was going on on across the galaxy the fact that she was a part of it and wasn't like in a man's shadow like in my opinion she's so much more powerful than han and luke that like like her status as herself and like her power comes from her like politics more than her being anakin's daughter um which obviously we don't find out until later but um like her power comes from her it doesn't come from her legacy which i love because a lot of Luke's power comes from his legacy right well Luke learns to use the force a lot earlier than Leia does right Um, so you'd think that he's the stronger one but she has all this clout like you said as a as a princess as a politician as a you know leader in the rebellion Mm -hmm. and and then she also has the force on top of that that's one of the things I loved the most about the rise of Skywalker is that we got more of her backstory like she trained as a Jedi. Even if it was How for cool a second, that? like it made me so happy right. that she, you saw her training and you she got a lightsaber. Like that was such a like <laughs> cathartic like yes moment for me after being a fan <laughs> of Star Wars for so long and Leia never having a lightsaber. Like seeing Leia's lightsaber in Rise of Skywalker, just it warmed my heart so much. Absolutely. Oh man. Are you guys ready to talk about Ray? Because we haven't talked about uh, Ray. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, before we talk about Ray, I do want to talk about Maz Kanata because I love her. And, mm, me um, too. I love that they gave her kind of the like original trilogy Obi-Wan character mm. where she's the one that sets Ray on her path. She's the one that gives Ray the lightsaber. She's the one that like points her in the right direction of where she's supposed to be going. And I, I think her character is so 
amazing. I think she, like, Han is scared of her, which is hilarious because she's this, like, <laughs> tiny little thing. Um, she loves Chewie. I wish that they would have done more with her. Um, mm. I wish that she was a, a bigger part of the other two movies. Um, I love the fact that uh, that she gives Chewie the medal because Chewie mm. needed the medal. Like, right. Chewie's been he waiting for that medal <laughs> for so long. <laughs> Um, but I, I love her, her character so much. And I think that she's such an interesting looking alien creature thing. Um, and I love the fact that she's also force sensitive. Yeah. She doesn't use the force, but she's definitely force sensitive. She, like you said, she sets Ray on the right path. I love that, uh, Han mentions that she's been running this watering hole for a thousand years. Like (laughs) she is an ancient creature and she's been running it not like oh she's been living here or she's been you know hanging out here for a long time but she runs this place Mm -hmm. right i also want to touch on um captain faz phasma 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 yeah phasma okay um i always i can see like the name in my head but i can never hear it um (laughs) because like i said with leia i love that not only first of all captain phasma is bad so I love that. I love when female characters are bad because so often they are not. Um, so I love that she's bad. Not only that, but she leads like the entire dark side in the sequels. So like she's the one that's the first like, order, the general of all the stormtroopers, which is amazing considering most of the stormtroopers and the bad people we see are all men. And so I think that that's really interesting. Just like um, Leia, I just love that she's a general. I just love women in like military power because you don't get to see that a lot and she actually is like she's for the same reasons that i really like darth vader like she just hits like that that little twisted side of me that i love a lot like she's so (laughs) mean and not only that but going off of the the actress gwendolyn christie she tends to play characters because she has like very um masculine features and she's a very big woman and so i really like that not only um, is she a woman, but she's also, you know, not the stereotypical woman as well. So, like, she plays kind of the same character in Game of Thrones, where she's, like, this big hulking woman that, like, is so powerful. And, she's like, a knight. She ends up being knighted. I know that you didn't finish Game of Thrones, but she ends up being a knight, which, like, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, just the fact that she... I don't know. Just Gwendolyn Christie in general is just so <laughs> wonderful. And so when they took her helmet off and it was Gwendolyn Christie, I was like, Ugh, and I just loved it. Um, but yeah, I just think I just think that, like Leia, I love that the, the rebels are being led by a woman and as are um, the dark side. Like, they're... Both sides the are... The first order. Their armies are being led by women. And I love it. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to talk about Ray now. Oh, God. <laughs> um, we've been recording. We're, we're half an hour in and we haven't even talked about Ray. Like, I don't know how this was possible. You're, we're just saving her because she's so good. I, oh, I love her character so much. One of the things that I love most about Ray is the same as one of the things that I love most about uh, Ahsoka and Hera and Leia. And uh, like one of the things that all of my favorite women in Star Wars have in common is that they forge their own path. Yes. Mm. They are having to decide what's right and what's wrong uh, despite what other people around them are saying. They have to really choose for themselves what path they will take. 
and Ray's is so interesting because she starts out in that broken down walker mm-hmm. on Jakku mm-hmm. yeah. and she thinks she's nobody but she is somebody hugely important yep uh, with so much power and, and she's so feisty and and she's so kind to everyone around her as well I love when you get a female character that can be so strong and so mm. soft at the same yeah. time and she knows her way around like aircrafts like the first yes. scene of her and Han in the Millennium Falcon and and she's like out talking him like oh we got to do this and we got to do that we got to do this and Han's like too slow and she's already bypassed whatever in order to make the thing work and Han's just like okay <laughs> like i love that i love that dynamic so much it's so cute you know that if Han is willing to Like, if he's willing Mm. to invite her to be part of their crew, that he's signed off on her, that she's just the coolest. Yeah, absolutely. I love her journey so much and her, like, learning and learning under Leia, basically, is, Mm. like, the biggest thing to me. Because, like, yeah. When she calls Leia master, I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start crying. Cry so much. Oh my god, yes. Um, she is just, she's, I, if I had to pick one, she's pr- maybe my favorite. I can't pick one. I keep looking at this list and I'm just like, I love all of these women so much. Um, I just, I, I, I think that the sequels, everyone's going to have an opinion on all of these movies because that's what this fandom has become. But, and, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, you know? But I, I just love that they gave her this like crazy arc where she legitimately like the the imagery of watching her like climb all of the wreckage um Mm. in the first movie and then the same scene of her trying to get the um the sith wayfinder in the last movie and she's climbing all of that of the, the wreckage of the death star like that like imagery to me was like so powerful because in the first movie she was looking for parts in order to get food and that's how she survived and in the last one she has like this purpose and this this like drive and all of this knowledge and all of the strength that you know she developed over these three movies and she's still climbing her way through the wreckage from you know the original Mm. series and it's just i thought that moment was like for me it was like super powerful that was one of my favorites as well ray is the reason i am a star wars character i mean star wars character star wars fan i wish i was a star wars character right also she Um, she has a yellow lightsaber (laughs) i love her lightsaber so much i love the little prongs on the top that like open up yeah Mm. i love that the like the helm i think that's what it's called the helm like the actual part that you hold Helm or hilt? hilt or sure. It's the hilt knows, yeah. of a sword. Somebody asked Casey. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah. <laughs> like the part that you hold on the lightsaber. I love that it's like a like a darker wood, or not wood, but darker mm. metal and not just like this that we're used to seeing like silver. Um, I, I love her lightsaber so much. It's yellow and yellow is my favorite color. Well, because I think I saw an article that said something about how yellow is the sign of the protectors yeah so the yellow lightsabers were used by the guards of the 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 temple right i think that's what it is i just remember it being like really poetic because she protects everyone yeah i just love that it was yellow i love that symbolism mine would be purple like samuel l jackson (laughs) 
That's what our daughter has said for a long time, is that she wanted purple lightsabers. Yeah. Listen, her and I are soulmates. <laughs> Best friends. I love Ahsoka's lightsabers as well. Um, when she... Well, I guess... Have you seen her lightsabers? In, you haven't seen Rebels. I haven't seen Rebels. I was very confused. Okay. Because... Okay, so Clone Wars jumps around in time a lot. And it's just like, hey, we're gonna, you know, put two episodes. The first, like, three seasons. We're gonna put, like, two episodes that were actually from, like, before this entire time that you've been watching. And so, from, like, one episode to the next, Ahsoka goes from having one lightsaber to having two. And it is literally never explained. They never explain it. And I'm just Mm -mm. like, okay, fine, I guess. Um, I love the fact that she has... um, two lightsabers um i love that her fighting style is different that she holds them kind of backwards yeah so she like kind of kind of how ray fights it's more of a like yeah ray does it with the staff um the jedi who picked up ahsoka plo koon he's in the clone wars uh series Mm -hmm. and he fights like that with his lightsabers backwards so Hmm. i wonder if that was an influence on her i don't know but her Lightsabers are are a whole journey, <laughs> and you you gotta watch Rebels. I watched Rebels first, and like you said, Eni, uh, Ahsoka is the reason that I went back and watched Clone Wars. Like after seeing her in Rebels, I was like, I need to know more. <laughs> and then I like so I read the book, and then I saw Clone Wars. Um, so my roommate and I decided like, okay, we have Disney Plus, and everything is on Disney Plus. So why wouldn't we finally sit down and watch all of the things that we've been talking about watching? And Clone Wars and Rebels was one of those things. And he turned to me, and we saw like how long Clone Wars was, and I was just like, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of TV a lot of tv he's like i mean we can probably find a youtube video that's like 20 minutes that explains everything i'm like that's true (laughs) and then i texted casey and i was like should i watch clone wars and he's like you could probably skip the first season but yeah you should watch clone wars and i was like okay and then i was like well if i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna skip the first season like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it and power um so yeah so i i think i have like three or four episodes left of the final season so i don't know what happens but um like and i know some of the things that happens in rebels like i know that she fights darth vader which is anakin and like it's this whole like emotional thing um and i want to watch rebels and at this point like we've watched so much star Wars, he's like i don't want to watch rebels i'm like fine i'll just watch it by myself not a big deal (laughs) but yeah i i have grown to love ahsoka so much more more than i thought i was going to like i never thought that the tv shows or like any of the non-theatrical release content was ever gonna catch my attention or grab me as much as clone wars has and specifically because of ahsoka like i don't care about r2d2 and c3po going to a spa i definitely care (laughs) about ahsoka and her journey and her like her the moment where she's just like i don't trust the jedi council anymore like that is such a powerful thing especially right before like you as as the viewer who has seen assuming um that you've seen all of the star wars movies or at least the prequels like you know what happens to the jedi and you know in episode three and you know what's about to happen and you you also start growing attached to these clones who you know are about to backstab like all of these people and you're just like no don't grow attached to these characters 
<laughs> Which is the same thing that happened to me in Rogue One. I fell in love with Jin Erso so much, no, full, fully aware that she doesn't make it to the next movie. <laughs> yeah. I know you're always you're kind of hold out hope to the very end. You're like, well, maybe she's just in the background somewhere <laughs> of a new hope, and we just never see her. She could just be a background rebel. It's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen. But speaking of uh, Clone Wars, I was going to say, I watched them in chronological order. Like, I looked up StarWars.com or whatever has, like, a list of, like, what order watched them in in chronological order. So I watched them that way because I knew it would drive me nuts if they were out of order. And I, like, couldn't figure... I knew I wouldn't enjoy it if I couldn't figure out what was going on and, like, being confused half the time. Yeah, so I again asked Casey (laughs) what he thought was the best way to watch them and he told me he's like there's you could watch them chronologically and he's like but i mean they put them out ideally they put them out like that for a reason i can't find the reason to it but supposedly they put them out in that order for a reason so i was just like you know what? i'm just gonna watch it through but every now and then like we would get like a quarter maybe halfway through an episode and we would just like my roommate and i would just look at each other like this makes no sense as to what's happening. So then I would go on to that that site that tells you like chronologically and you find out that that's like six episodes ahead of what's happening or six episodes behind what's happening. And I'm just like, okay, well. Yes. It's, I don't understand why they did it either. I do, uh, four, five, and six are pretty much entirely- yeah, in chronological. They're, they're in chronological order. So that part's nice. Also, um, I wish you had finished the last season. I know. I was going to, and then Mother's Day (laughs) happened. So, like, I sat down to finally finish watching it on Friday and Saturday, and then Mother's Day happened, so we didn't have time to finish it, and then I didn't have time to finish it. (laughs) That's okay. But this seventh season of Ahsoka is, like, the coolest thing ever. Um, I think you would really enjoy the Ahsoka book. It's fantastic. Yeah, I might add that to my... It's, like, in between... Um, Clone Wars and Ooh, Rebels. Then I might do that. I might finish Clone Wars, read the book, and then start Rebels. And then start Rebels. That might there be the game go. plan. That's a good plan. I know mine was completely backwards. I watched all of Rebels, and then I read the Ahsoka <laughs> book, and then I went back and watched Clone. Like I, I lived her life backwards. <laughs> oh, there was one more person I wanted to talk about from Clone Wars, which was um, Satine, who was the the he- the I guess ruler of Mandalore. She's the queen yes, of Mandalore. She's on my list she- too. <sighs> So Duchess, they call her Duchess. Duch- that's that's what it was. She's a Duchess. Okay. Um. So, as someone who watches, you know, the Star Wars movies, and that's basically the extent of my Star Wars knowledge until I started watching Clone Wars and kind of getting more onto the sub levels of Star Wars. And um. So you hear Mandalorian and you think Boba Fett, you think Jango Fett. And you think, like, okay, these are these, like, super ruthless people. And that's pretty much it, yeah. And you, in Clone Wars, you see that Satine is of the complete opposite mindset. All she wants is to be completely out of this war and not even be in it at all. And she just wants peace for her people. And everyone's, like, super, like, nice. And I was just, like, (sighs) and she's super strong and fierce at the same time. Like, she was a great character. Right. She's a pacifist. But she's strong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, plus, also, there's that whole subplot of her, her and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan having had a... Something. Uh, a past. <laughs> having <laughs> had, had a something. something. We don't really know what, but I loved it so much. And it made it all the more poignant when Obi-Wan talks to Anakin about, like, 
Look, I kind of know what you're yeah. going through with Padme. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you do actually yeah, get it because <laughs> you see that he has felt similar feelings for a woman that he loved. But yeah, she is a fantastic character. She's so strong. I also wanted to mention real quick, neither of you guys have seen Rebels, but I have to mention Hera. She's the the captain of the ghost. So she's the pilot and, and the leader of their own little rebellion there. And she's just amazing. She, the thing that I love most about Hera is that she never loses hope. Like she is always uh, trying, you know, things will work out, she'll find a way. And I love that she's in the background of all of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. we see her in Rebels. Uh, She's there in Rogue One. They put the ghost at at Yavin 4. That's awesome. And then she, yeah, so they fill her, they, like, fill in her ship at least. And if her ship's there, she's there. Because she and the ghost are, like, you know, (laughs) one and the same, basically. And then they put her, her... and well, the ghost at least is at the end of the Rise of Skywalker in the uh, the Rebel Navy, yeah. <laughs> in the just people. But yeah, the ghost is there too. So she's been through this entire rebellion and never lost hope. Like stuck it out and is just the best character. Um, there's a, there's a another female character in Rebels that's a Mandalorian, Sabine. right? And she's and a Mandalorian. She has, she yeah. has the like black saber. She the dark, dark saber, saber. That's what it is. Um, she gets it later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, I've I've and gotten spoiled she... with a bunch of details yeah. and things, especially after watching so the Mandalorian lot, yeah. and looking up the black saber, uh, or the dark saber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like. I know that there was a couple. Again, I haven't watched Rebels, but I know that there was a couple of female characters besides Ahsoka in it, and that they're they're both like super awesome. Mm-hmm. I was really just powering through Clone Wars to get to Rebels. Right. So it's a good way yeah, to do it. That's that's been my my plan all along. The thing that I have loved most about watching Clone Wars is that I now understand why Palpatine comes back at the end, like in the Rise of Skywalker. I feel like that makes so much more sense to me. Like seeing that he has been pulling strings and manipulating for such a yeah. long time. It now makes sense that he's still been pulling strings all the way to the end of Rise of Skywalker. Oh, like at first I was like, eh, why'd they bring him back? It really I think it completes the Skywalker saga. saga yeah, absolutely. Because he is such an influence on Anakin and then through Luke and and then through Rey, like well and you know, Kylo as yeah. well. Like he is such an influence through all of them. So I think it makes sense that he has to be the the uh, big bad you know, the continuity yeah. the big bad throughout all of them to the very yeah, end yeah I agree it's kind of like Thanos <laughs> yeah exactly everybody has to have their time to try and fight the big bad Absolutely. guy and mm. the same same one and then or be his granddaughter and still not go to the dark side because Rey's awesome <laughs> right yeah tell us more about Rey Becca we want to hear your thoughts um so Rey in my opinion like I watched Star Wars when I was 10 I watched the first two Um, I watched the prequels and I watched the original trilogy with my dad. We watched them in chronological order. So I didn't know that Anakin was Darth Vader, which when I tell people that they freak out. But anyway, the sequels is what really like made me a Star Wars fan because I always liked Star Wars just fine. It was always something that I shared with my dad, Um, but it was never something that I like looked more into until honestly, I became friends with you guys. (laughs) Um... And then I started to, like, notice the 
the arc of Rey and like how strong she is and how it's a big deal the fact that she's Ben Solo's uh, foil and like how she could have easily gone to the dark side um and I what I really like about the sequels the most and like what I would consider myself a Star Wars fan now is because the whole sequels revolve around a woman um like the first two um are about Anakin and Luke and so like in all of the sequels there's always the set of three and it's always two men and a woman and it's always about one of the men um and then the yeah and it's always about one of the men but I like that it was still the two men and a woman like trio but this time it was the woman that was the one that the whole story was about and that Finn and Poe were the ones that were her side characters or were her Ron and Hermione if you will and the fact that she's the one that convinces Ben Solo to like even remotely see the light side after his past and like remotely see any light at all because before he met her he was very much like of the same mindset as Anakin and like just dark 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 and the fact that she's the one that has the same amount of power as the big bad and like they're different sides of the same coin I just think it's so I'm just talking in circles because I'm so excited um but I just (laughs) think it's so like poetic I guess and like really important for not only like little girls to see Rey and to like see that the story's about her but also like I I witnessed um Star Wars through my nephew's eyes and like it's a big deal that like he gets to see a female um that it's about her like Luke and Anakin are awesome and whatever but the story of Rey revolves around being a woman and like you said still being kind and still being powerful and all that and now I'm crying <laughs> but like okay. I just Rey think, makes us feel all yeah, the feels for real. yeah I think it's so important to for obviously little girls to see Rey but also little boys and like we we got a little bit of that with Leia, but Leia wasn't the main character. And I think it's important for the story to be about a girl. And it's important for her to be the superhero. Absolutely. Supposedly. Like, the main character. <laughs> that was one of the things that I liked about Star Wars. Um, kind of before I was even a big fan. Casey mm. was a fan, and then our, our son became a huge fan, and he would tell us for the longest time that Leia was his favorite character, oh. but he would pretend that she still had a lightsaber, and so I love <laughs> that, like, <laughs> like he got it. He knew that she was still powerful and awesome, mm. and he loved it. But he still um, wanted a lightsaber. And Ray's the same. He still wanted a lightsaber, which is fine, because as we, we have learned, she was a Jedi. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. I really like that Le- Leia, I was going to say call her Lei, as in Leia and Rey. I really like that Rey, um, like, started with the staff and didn't get a lightsaber right away, because I think it was really important for her to earn that as, like, a character arc, in the same way that Luke did, um, where he didn't... Or, or even Anakin, they didn't start with lightsabers, obviously. You had to see them grow into it. But I thought it was really important seeing, like, her fighting style go from being, like, 
very defensive because the staff is like a very defensive weapon and then that carried over into like her character which is like the same reason why i love characters like captain america is because like their fighting style is to defend themselves and everyone else and in that way they win which i think is so interesting for her fighting style to be that way because we don't see that in star wars star wars is very aggressive (laughs) and very much like uh offensive not defensive and i think that showing that her weapon of choice before a lightsaber was a staff, like, really highlighted the fact that she is the one that, like, needs to protect the galaxy. Um, She isn't just fighting the dark side. Because, honestly, she does fight the dark side, obviously, but she also kind of sees Ben Solo's side. Like, she kind of empathizes with him. And, like, for a while... I'm gonna be honest, I thought the third one was gonna end up with Rey being bad, like, going over to the dark side, and I was just (laughs) a little distraught. Um, I thought they were gonna switch positions, which makes her character so interesting, the fact that we could see, like, there was a possibility that she wasn't just going to be the, you know, the the soft or, like, one-dimensional characters we see women usually but she's like very gray and very much like you don't know which way she's gonna go well that's that's one of the my favorite things about the whole like jedi versus sith versus like somewhere in the middle um Mm. because in the original trilogy you see the downfall of the sith like that's what you see in the original trilogy in the prequels you see the downfall of the jedi because right like they're too much to one side and the Sith are too much to the other side and then I feel like in the middle like in in the in the sequels you kind of see like the balance of of both of them because Mm -hmm. Rey is not a hundred percent Jedi like she lightning comes out of her hands (laughs) in the last (laughs) movie which like scared me I was like no I'm not ready for Darth Rey I'm not ready for Darth Rey (laughs) Um, so that scared me. And and yeah, and, and again, you see the redemption arc that is Ben Solo. So y- you kind of see how there has to be a balance of both. And and I think that Ray's character is a great embodiment of that. Becca, where you were talking about Ray's staff and it being a, dis- a defensive thing, whereas everything else is offensive, it made me think of Clone Wars and the Jedi are portrayed as these... Like, in theory, they're peacekeepers, Mm -hmm. but also they are warriors who are very much on the offensive, and they are very much uh, brutally violent with their lightsabers often. Mm. Uh, Usually it's against clones, but not, you know, or not clones, against uh, droids, but, but not always. And so I, and I do like that the two balancing characters in the Force are Rey and Ahsoka, Mm -hmm. like the two who decide to continue um, using the Force in a middle ground kind of way. Like they are neither Jedi nor Sith, and they are a a balance in the Force. And I think Rey's lightsaber and Ahsoka's are kind of symbols of that, that they are neither the red of the Sith or Mm -hmm. the green or blue of the Jedi. Because Ahsoka's are white, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
wasn't it's sure fine. if I was spoiling that. No worries. Like, um. It's fine. I've seen pictures. I've seen clips. It's not a big deal. I, I was going to say, had, you guys spoiled like, all of the Clone Wars. It's fine. I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Rebels is how, how many years old now? Like, I think the statute of limitations yeah, on... <laughs> <laughs> Especially um, since we're doing a whole a whole episode about Star Wars. You know who else we didn't mention? Who? Is Rose. Oh, we haven't mentioned yeah, Rose. She was at on all. my list too. You really see her in the Rise of or uh The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Um but she's like not in the Rise of Skywalker. Like I mean she's barely yeah. there and it made me really sad because I loved Rose. I did too. Yeah. And I loved that we had a strong female character who wasn't a force user. Like Right. Mhm. She was just part of the rebellion. The thing I will say is that I kind of wished that if her story was going to end in the Last Jedi, which I have feelings about that, but this is a positive show, so we won't go there. But um, if her story was going to end in The Last Jedi, I think that they should have allowed her to die like she was, like, shown that happened. I think it would have been so poetic and important to show, like, this soldier, this woman soldier, show her make that sacrifice over Finn. Like, I thought that that was so important to show, like, her saving Finn. So that's honestly my only issue with Rose's character was her, like, love story that they gave her towards Finn. Yeah. Because, like, I, I was completely fine with her just being one of the members of the Resistance and being, mm-hmm. you know, like, there to sacrifice everything she needed to sacrifice to, you know, for the cause. And I was all about it. And then, like, she kisses Finn and I was just like, no. Remember all that <laughs> stuff we learned with Leia? No. <laughs> like, I just, I thought it was, it was yeah. bad timing. And, and I do, I wish that they would have brought her, she would have had more screen time in Rise of Skywalker, they could have done more with her character, especially in the warrior, mm. you know, um, fighter kind of sense. Um, because you're right, she's not force sensitive. She doesn't, you know, like, she doesn't have a lightsaber. She's not a Skywalker. She's the human. <laughs> you know, like, she's just a person in this war. Right. And and I think that that's a very, like, in the same way that Poe is important, like, I think that it's important for there to be kind of a female counterpart to that. I wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, our relationship with Star Wars as female fans. Um, so is there are there any times when you guys have felt discriminated against or as a female fan or maybe just felt the effects of gatekeeping? Like the idea that you're not a fan because you don't know enough? Oh, absolutely. So literally... Definitely 100,000%. Literally, yeah. um, you sent, sent me the script for this intro and I read my line and I was like, hold on. I need to go look up whether it's at at or at at because the last thing I need is for people to start coming for me because I said it wrong. (laughs) And I think that that's so silly, like, and especially like, as a girl, you know, who grew up with an older brother who was right around the right age when episode one came out that all he wanted to do was build his own pod racer. I'm fortunate that he was never like, well, these are Star Wars. These are boy toys. You can't play with my toys because, you know, you're a girl. That was never a part of my childhood growing up. And I am very thankful for that. But of course, like as I got older and, you know, started interacting with other males, um, it wasn't always the same thing. It was, you know, very much a, well, you're a girl. You can't know more about Star Wars than I do because you're a girl. And I am in no way 
an expert or even you know anywhere near a like super fan of Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I think that it's an incredibly important piece of pop culture and I like and what it's done for the film industry is incredible and I I appreciate all of the aspects of it and I go to Disney World and I go to Galaxy's Edge and cry my eyes out when I see the Millennium Falcon and you know it's it's amazing and, and I cower in fear at the guy that's dressed up like Kylo Ren and I, I, I just I buy into all of it and I love it so much so I and as someone who is a co-host of a non-pretentious theater fan podcast um, mm. we're very much of the mindset of whether you're you've seen a movie whether you've never heard the word star wars in your entire life if you like it that makes you a fan absolutely well eni can attest to this (laughs) i was very nervous to be on this episode (laughs) um in fact you and casey like your show is kind of what made me i would consider like an official fan um because i love that yeah, um, even in like college and stuff, when all of the the like trailers were coming out, especially for Force Awakens, um, I definitely felt like gatekeeping um, because I went to a very nerdy school. Um, we went; it was all like tech school, so it was like video and audio and theater, and so it was all like very introverted nerds, which is like the perfect the perfect little bubble for Star Wars fans. Um, and so when those started coming out. I would like try to be in on the conversation because I had seen all of the all of the like sequels and uh, the I mean the prequels and the original trilogy. Um, but I also didn't go to school with very nice. I'll even just say people because there were some female Star Wars fans that weren't very nice to me. So it was like it was kind of like the sequels were just for me. Like I didn't talk about them with anyone. I went and saw them with my nephew. Um, oh no! Now I'm crying again. <laughs> It's okay, Becca. It's okay. <laughs> so, like, it was always something that was just for me. So, becoming friends with, like, you know, the you you two and Casey and, like, all of the people um, in the WB&E Discord, it was very much like, I was like, oh, wait, I can be a fan of this. <laughs> like, all of those people were just being jerks. <laughs> and it's, like, the same way I feel about the Dungeons & Dragons community. I had, this like, the same exact experience with that. And so it was just, like, I don't know. Like, even now, even though I'm comfortable with you two and, like, have been on Hello from Elsewhere before and, like, all that, I was still, like, very nervous <laughs> to um, be on this episode because I didn't want people to be, like, Oh, she doesn't know how to pronounce Captain Phasma. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point, though. That's one of the things I love most about Star Wars now that I'm into it more is yeah. that you can be a fan at any level. Like right. Eni was saying, you know, if you've just seen the theatrical release films or or you want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the shows and then there's like books and then there's like you can get lost on Wikipedia for years if you want to get really <laughs> deep into stuff. And But at any level, you can be a fan. Right. You're like, hey, I like these characters. Or you know what? I just think Ray has a cool lightsaber. I'm a fan. Like, So for us to be able to talk about it and to just open up the idea that there shouldn't be gatekeeping in any fandom, I think it comes from the idea that so many people 
were picked on for being fans yeah. of things like Star Wars or Dungeons and Dragons. And now that those things are becoming more mainstream, more more uh, culturally accepted, it is something that they're clinging to. Like, well, I've suffered for my fandom, have you? Right. But I don't think that's the way it should be. I think things should be inclusive and accepting. And so I love being a fan of of Star Wars as that's changing. I think we're seeing it change more and more. And I, I for the better, I hope. I mean, I, I yes, I remember, you know, when the prequels, well, not even when they came out, I feel like the hate on the prequels didn't happen for like years until the internet like was just... Mm-hmm decided that they were going to hate the prequels um and, <laughs> right. and the same thing with the sequels like just the amount of negativity is like so toxic like if mm. you don't like it fine mm-hmm. don't like it but that doesn't mean that you should pick on someone or you know berate people because they do i agree i mean like i said this is a very unpopular opinion i like love the prequels because it was the first ones that i was introduced to and so Padme and Anakin are like my two faves. I mean, under Ray because Ray's perfect. Oh, I but, had like, those I had two. the biggest crush on Hayden Christensen growing up. Like <laughs> the biggest crush on him. So yeah, I have the same like nostalgic like love of the prequels as well. And I just like right. I don't understand this just like need to hate on everything and everyone just because they don't have the same opinion as you. And I think that the galaxy. And the the universe of Star Wars is so big that everyone is, like, again, entitled to their own opinion. But that doesn't mean that my opinion has to be the same as yours. It doesn't mean that my opinion is, le- is less valid. Exactly. For myself, I didn't grow up with Star Wars. So you guys are both way ahead <laughs> of me in that field. Like, I didn't... Um, I didn't see any of the movies until Casey and I oh were my dating. Gosh. And it was like... And Casey was like, huh, you've never seen Star Wars? We should probably watch those. <laughs> casually. Was like, not that he I'm was, in love with it. He was it, totally it's casual my whole personality. About it, but like, <laughs> he assures me now that it wasn't like a deal breaker, but <laughs> I don't know. He's a big fan. So we watched them. I think it was like our spring break that we were dating and we were, you know, just had a week where we were just like hanging out. And, and so we watched um, Star Wars and we watched the original trilogy and then the prequels. And I was like, yeah, they're good. Like, what, you know, I was sure. very like, I didn't hate them and I, I liked them, but it wasn't like a super important thing to me. Um, and then as movies continued to come out, it wasn't until I saw Rogue One that coming out of the theater, I was like, I turned to Casey and I was like, I am a Star Wars fan now. Like <laughs> I was finally willing to to claim it, to own that I was a Star Wars fan, and I think part of that was the idea that I didn't know enough about the universe to be a fan. Yeah, um, it was that that same idea of like gatekeeping the idea that well, I've only seen you know the movies a couple times, or I you know I don't know all the characters' names, or yeah, there was this yeah that idea that. I wasn't deep enough into it to be really a fan. But Rogue One had the benefit of attaching me more solidly to the mm-hmm. original trilogy. Like it, it made A New Hope so much more poignant for me because I now knew how they got the plans and that made it mm. more valuable to me. And I honestly, personally, I think everybody should start 
watch it. Like, if you were new to Star Wars, I think you should watch Rogue <laughs> One first. <laughs> you guys have had that conversation. And then go into the original trilogy. <laughs> we have. So, yeah, and even now that I, I certainly consider myself a big fan now, I've, you know, I've watched all the TV shows and I've read several books and I've... But it's not so much about the knowledge as just that my love for yeah. it has grown. Um, and that seeing my children love it has made me love it more. And, and that it's something that we enjoy as a whole family uh, makes me love it more and, and makes it me a bigger fan of it. So even as I learn more about the Star Wars universe, because I'm enjoying it and so I want to learn more, there it's more important to me that not so much that I know more about it, but that I just continue to love it and love all the characters and the stories and, and the direction Absolutely. that it's going. That's how I feel about my nephew, because when we went to Disney World and seeing him be the most excited that he got to wear a Jedi robe and fight Darth Vader, like, I think that that's what, like, solidified, like, how magical Star Wars is. Even a kid who, like, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think he'd even watched all of the movies that were out by that point because he was so little that my sister was like a little cautious about it until I explained I was like they're violent but they're not like gory right as we watch them with the kids we edit scenes so there's still things they haven't seen in Star Wars (laughs) that's fair yeah so like the way that I explained to her is I was like the thing that she has she's like okay with is the fact that lightsabers are fictional weapons so she's like he knows they're fake, so it's fine. But the like seeing his love and like his Palpatine impression, or like mm-hmm. him being so <laughs> excited because he has a Wookiee sweatshirt, like that was like when we saw Rise of Skywalker and he was like, Auntie, I want to sit next to you in the theater. I was like, I guess I'm the biggest Star Wars fan here. <laughs> if you need to sit next to me so I can explain the po- plots to you, um, because I had to do the same thing with Endgame, where I had to like whisper and tell him like explain what was happening. So I think that, like, my connection with my nephew and my dad, I think, is, like, what solidified it. What what it was, like... So obviously, like, the female characters, like, we talked about, but, like, the relationships we have outside is, like, really what molded it um, and became, like, an original interest for me. Well, I think that says something about the series and the, the franchise, like, as a whole. Because, you know, you have mm. people of, like, our parents' generation, our generation, you know, your kids' generation, that they're all in love with this universe, with this franchise. And I think that, that mm. that's that's what Star Wars is. It just, it brings people together and, like, what it should be, at least, unless you're on Twitter. Just don't go on Twitter. Um, you know, but... <laughs> I knew there was a reason I wasn't on there. Except to follow Mark Hamill. You should follow him. Um, maybe. <laughs> um, but, like, in the real world, IRL, um, it just brings people together. And, like, and it's something that, if it, again, even if you've only seen a movie or maybe you only, you know, have seen the name Star Wars, you know, like, everybody knows what Star Wars is, even if they don't know. So it's just, it, it's this amazing universe that that just everybody can talk about and we again like i feel like the three of us are at different levels of knowledgeable of star wars Mm. valerie you're definitely on top because you've read books i haven't (laughs) read any star wars books um But see, that's only been since the beginning of the year. That's so we're still just, you know. <laughs> that's still more than I can say. Like I said, we're getting you deeper. Know, um, yeah. But I know that like right now, 
my stepdad is listening to this and is like, well, you forgot to talk about this person and that person and this person and that person because he has been a <laughs> Star Wars fanatic since like day one. Like he has like collectible toys and he has all the lightsabers and like we have gone to every Star Wars premiere like the midnight release premiere because like that's who that's who he identifies as you know like he is a star wars fan first before everything and so i i just think that it's it's such a good thing that people of varying like knowledge can just sit here and say yeah i'm a fan of this series and here's why and for the Mm. most part when you're talking to sane human beings everybody's on the same page again just stay away from twitter right they're excited you love it i love it too yeah <laughs> yeah like like you said willie is like the biggest star wars fan of all time um he's great and what i yeah i was there the first time he saw galaxy's edge and he knew how much i like was a i consider myself a casual fan of star wars she says having cried like three times on this <laughs> podcast but it's fine um yeah, see, if you find magic in Star Wars and it can make you cry, you're 100% a fan, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, he was the most, like, kind, me, like, asking questions. I'm like, okay, well, what does this mean? And he would, like, he would, like, show me things, like, on his phone of when we were, like, around Galaxy's Edge. And he's like, well, this is what this is. And he's like, oh, my God, that's an Easter egg. And, oh, my goodness, like, all of these things. And I was like, it's so much more magical because you know so much more things. <laughs> And you're willing to explain them to me. That's why, like, I love listening to Hello from Elsewhere, because you guys explain everything. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't feel stupid (laughs) because I don't understand. I was so excited. I read both the books about, I mean, they're about the rebellion, but they take place in Black Spires at Galaxy's Edge. And so I was like ready to find all the Easter eggs. And then we didn't get to go. You guys will go and it's going to be magical. And I really need you to like videotape Casey walking in because Becca videotaped. (laughs) And your son. Becca videotaped Willie walking in. Um, to Galaxy's Edge down mm-hmm. here in Florida. And, like, Willie is, like, what, like, 6'2"? He's, like, he's a big mm. dude. Like, he's a big guy. He's, like, He's wide. a very, like, yeah, manly-looking man. And he was in tears, like, crying oh, the entire it. time that he was walking. <laughs> he was in tears before oh, yeah, we he got was, like, there. Before we were... When we were waiting for your mom to <laughs> change right. her shirt into a Star Wars shirt, him and I were outside the bathroom, and he was just yeah. crying. And I'm like, Willie, we're not even there yet. You can't in even see the entrance. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so cute. Speaking of Star Wars fans of the future, mm. uh, what do we hope... Like, how can Star Wars improve in being more inclusive to women's, both in their, you know, their films and their fandom? Um... So I think that definitely, especially with the sequels, they're definitely taking steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think that they can do better. Like, I, we talked about Rose, and I know um, Becca talked about Captain Phasma a lot. Like, I wish that they would have done so much more with her character. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, she was this, like, general, and she was in charge of all of the troopers, and she was, you know, the big, the medium bad, you know, in the second movie. And I just, like... I feel like she didn't really do much. Like, they, she was very easily captured in the first movie, and then in the second movie, like, she fights, and then it's like, okay, well, I guess that's it. And that's as much as we see of Phasma. <laughs> and I, like, I think right. that they can... They're they're heading in the right direction because they give us characters like Phasma, like Rose, um, 
that we start getting invested in and we're like, yeah, these characters are great and they're they, they're they're setting really good foundation and then they kind of just don't go anywhere from there. I feel like this about a lot of characters and it's not just female characters. Like, I want more Poe, I want more Finn. Like, I just, I need more backstory on everybody <laughs> and more, like, stories about everybody. Yes. That's what the books are for. An individual exactly. book on every character. I want more women of color too because Rose is pretty much all we get of like speaking um i can't remember her name what is her name in um rise of skywalker that they run into on the the moon of hoth uh she yes she was a stormtrooper the the whole colony was just the stormtroopers that rebelled and like said that they weren't going to be stormtroopers anymore which she helps finn take out like the the command station at the end of rise of skywalker well it's Mm -hmm. even more the fact that we can't remember her name right now just because she had like such a insignificant she was a a side character even though they're definitely alluding to some sort of something with her and lando and lando i would love that story (laughs) i can't remember her name it's gonna bother me i know it's it's bugging me too Everybody in the audience is like, it's I know. This. And, you know, they know it. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I want um, not even just like women of color, but like people of color. I feel like, I mean, obviously there are a couple, but there are so many white people and like so many white women. Like, I want to see more roses. I want to see like more showing like the power of other women, I guess. I also would really like. To see, like, a, the next story, because obviously the Skywalker trilogy is over, supposedly. The, haven't they said that at the end of every trilogy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, even mm. though it's, like, quote-unquote over, um, I would like the next one to be similar to Ray's, where it's, like, mostly about, like, a woman's journey. Um, I think that would be interesting. Or even, like, a non-binary character would be cool. But, like, someone other than straight men i'm still mad about finn and poe but this isn't about (laughs) this isn't about the male characters in star wars i still wanted them to be together but it's fine (laughs) but yeah i just want um i want more like diversity like obviously it has come light years from the original trilogy literally but also i think that thank you for getting that valerie and and smiling yeah I thought it was the funniest joke, yeah. and neither of you reacted, <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, like, obviously, they've, they've come really far since the original trilogy, but I just would like more diversity, because I think that that, like, the galaxy has to have more diversity than what was in the original trilogy. I had the same thoughts. Yeah. Valkyrie from Thor is, like, one of my favorite characters in Avengers, and I would like a character like her, where she, like how she took over why can't i think the running of, the, of asgard of asgard yeah yeah i could not think of asgard um i would like like a character like that where something happens and the woman has to be like okay well i guess i guess i'm leading now since you can't <laughs> okay so i cheated and i looked it up and, her name's yeah. Jana. <laughs> Jana. okay but yeah that was one of the things that i thought as well is just diversity and I mean, if women make up half of the population, they should make up half of the Star Absolutely. Wars universe, mm-hmm. too. Like, And they should be represented as such and, and, and people of color. And, and like we did mention at the beginning, you know, there is a greater diversity of like aliens coming out. Like we yep. get Maz, whatever species she <laughs> is. And, and they are coming so far. 
we still haven't had a feature-length film directed by oh, a female yet. Yeah, exactly, right. Definitely. Um, so even more so, behind the scenes would be cool. So more behind the scenes would be awesome if we could get more female directors. With the Mandalorian show, we've had episodes directed by uh, yep. Bryce Dallas Howard and <gasps> Deborah Chow. Um, so that's fantastic. I think they're definitely steps being taken in, in a more inclusive and, and diverse direction. Have you guys wonderful. been watching the like behind the scenes Mandalorian? What is it called? So good. Oh yeah. They the are first fantastic. episode like just on the directors like I was laughing the entire time. Yes. Yeah. They're like in a panel and just going around and talking. Taika and I was, like, I hilarious. So I'm so excited for his whatever. New, like that he's doing a feature <laughs> like whatever, whatever it is. Whatever he know. wants to do honestly. He's there. Yep. I'm good. Yeah. Because like you were saying Becca Thor Ragnarok is my favorite of all the Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and he's the director of that one. You mentioned before, like, what can Star Wars do better, like, for their female fans? And the thing that has really been, like, pushing, like, making me feel included online is we've mentioned uh, Ahsoka a bunch of times, but the person who voices her, Ashley Eckstein, um, she owns the company Her Universe, mm-hmm. which is, like, a whole nerdy it's clothing so cool. line which is incredible yes. so like she makes dresses and and sweatshirts and like t-shirts that are all like for women bodies um i mean like i'm literally wearing a t-shirt right now that's a men's t-shirt because i feel like a lot of things aren't like made with women in mind um and so like a lot of the clothes like fit boxily which usually i like but i like I remember I had a Marvel shirt that I wore so much I literally wore out. That was like the Marvel logo in like pink. Like obviously not all female stuff has to be pink, but I loved that it was pink with like all of the characters instead of red, it was pink. So like Captain America's shield was pink and like Thor's uh, cape was pink. And like obviously things don't have to be pink. Not all girls like pink, but I liked that there was a line like specifically for female fans or like I bought my... my um my niece like outfits like that that would be like the the dc female heroes like i like i've seen a couple shirts of like ray and leia like back to back um so i just think it's cool seeing like hey you know who also likes um nerdy things is women and so thank you for putting out like thank you for not making me shop in the target men's section which is where i buy most <laughs> of my clothes because i like all of the t- yeah, nerdy her, shirts her universe is super Awesome. It's also very um, size inclusive, which I love as a plus mm-hmm. size person. Um, and yeah, I, I love the fact that like I can buy a dress that has like the Rebel logo all over it, and it's yeah. not just like a t-shirt, like you said, a t-shirt from the Target, the men's section at Target. Right. I yeah, love I love it. that a lot of her designs are more subtle. It's not like a giant yeah. like Star Wars logo. It's like little tiny in a print all over. And so it's not until you're like close and you're like, whoa, that's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like that's how I am as a fan <laughs> too. Like yeah. I love Star Wars, but I don't like go around wearing a bunch of giant Star Wars shirts. It's something that I enjoy, but it's not like the main aspect of you know me as a human yeah so i have the same issue with like buying disney stuff because i i mean obviously i'm literally wearing like a hamilton shirt that is just like like, i was gonna say like i can't relate like i have so many graphic t-shirts of all of the things that i love like (laughs) (laughs) i am the complete opposite So, like, obviously, I have stuff like that, but I prefer things that are much more subtle. Like, I prefer yes. 
um, things that, like, I have a Mickey blanket that is gray and, I mean, tan and white, and it has, like, Mickeys in it, but the Mickeys are, like, the negative space in it, so it's, like, hard to tell that it's a Mickey blanket, and things like that. So I really, I agree, I really like her designs because they're not just, like, fandom wear, which has been around forever, but they're much, they're, like, fashion items. They're not just, like, a graphic tee, which I love. I almost exclusively wear graphic tees but um they're they're other like they're they're fashion items like she literally has like fashion shows for them and also just her in general like i had no interest in like um star wars rebels or star wars the clone wars until i started following her on instagram and i was like you are the coolest human i've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life and you just want all women to feel so included and i just love you so much and she also loves disney i just love her like she she was another one because i discovered her in like what whatever clone war started coming out and like she became a big deal was when i discovered her on instagram and so it's been a couple years and like her love for star wars has been another one where i'm like maybe i should like love star (laughs) wars more you make it seem so cool what am i missing (laughs) I just love her. Don't mind me. I'm just casually browsing her universe. Yeah. <laughs> just checking it out. Yeah. But also, because she doesn't just make stuff for um, women. Oh, no. But I, I like that I it's added a Hufflepuff bathing suit to my cart. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, because, like, I believe she has, like, um, male clothing on there, yeah, too. Yes, But I, I like that it's called her uniform. Her universe. Like, she doesn't change it. That's what it's called. It, even if you're a boy, you're still buying from her universe. And I love it. She's also Fantastic. like a great feminist. This is just Becca gushes about Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I know Casey and I keep talking about how we love her and her voice for Ahsoka and all the stories. But uh, they cast, and I don't remember her name, they cast someone else to play Ahsoka in the Mandalorian TV show next series. Weird. Or next season. And it's a hard one because, oh, I really can't remember her name. But the, the woman that they cast is a, you know, a female of color, which is fantastic because yeah. we're talking about diversity here. Um, but then it's also like, well, but Ashley Eckstein's been the voice forever. Like, <laughs> it'd be <laughs> awesome if she was the character, uh, or, you know, got to play it live action. And I mean, that is hard. Ahsoka, she's going to have to have makeup anyways because Ahsoka is a different species. So, um I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I was very excited when Rosario Dawson was announced as Ahsoka. That's Wait, it's Rosario, Rosario Dawson? Dawson? Yeah. <laughs> it's Mimi yes, from Rent. Okay, from is Rent. she from... Okay. I was going to say, I think she's from musical uh, theater, but she yeah, was, see, that's she you guys She was Mimi well. in the you movie know it, adaptation yeah. <laughs> of Rent. Um, she was... That just made me... She's also so in the Daredevil series, um, and... Yeah. She's, I mean, she's done a bunch of stuff, but like, she's Mimi, she's from, Mimi Rent. from Rent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. See, and that's the thing is like, she's fantastic and I'm excited to have her. But then it's like, but I also love Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. You know? so I get it. It, yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's great. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like, Ashley Eckstein is such someone who she's, she's, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. She like wants everyone to be equal. Like, she's like the biggest feminist, but then also, um, marches for like like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that and so I'm like she was probably a little okay with it <laughs> I mean I would still be upset but like I get it because of the way that Ahsoka is like drawn 
I feel like you could have gotten a little problematic if it wasn't played by someone of color. Um, but, like, I totally get what you're coming from. I just want Ashley right. Eckstein to just be so successful. <laughs> I want her to adopt me and love me. <laughs> I know. Well, speaking of females that we love, and one of the things that I hope for the Star Wars stories of the future is that we see more female friendships in the yeah. movies. Yeah. I think we get so many fantastic male friendships, bromances, you know, especially like Poe and Finn and, yeah. and Luke and Han and... In uh, Rogue One, you've got uh, Baze and Chirrut, and but we don't get that same kind of feeling from any of the women yeah, no. in Star I Wars. I think right. you get Rey and Leia, who are a little bit mother and daughter, and um, Hera and Sabine are still a little more mentor, mentee. And I did mention that in Queen's Shadow, the book that's about uh, Padme, they talk a lot about her female relationships, mm-hmm. like her friends, uh, mm-hmm. her guards who become her friends, who who are willing to sacrifice their lives for her and for each other, her for them. And I really appreciate that in, in some of the stories, but I would love to see more of it in the movies. Yeah, I think um, the only the only kind of instance that I can think of is um, in The Last Jedi, and you don't even really see them interact with each other. You just kind of feel like this like mutual respect for one another, which is with Leia and Haldo, uh, Laura Dern's character. Mm. And, right. and I think that's, that's really true. the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. And again, like, I don't think you ever really see mm-hmm. them interact with each other because I think, it's that yeah, one scene but at that's the end. it. Like, you never really see them, like, grow their their friendship or anything like that. But you know that there's, like, this sense of mutual respect and admiration for one another. But weren't wasn't Leia, like, her mentor, too? Like, wasn't she in charge of her? Laura Dern's character? Well, she was... The general overhold, yeah. 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 So they would have had some, you know, at least work relationship together. And they seemed, yeah. like you said, you need to have a mutual respect. Mm. But it, there could be so much more done with female friendships. My female friendships, like with you guys, <laughs> as we talk yeah. about Star Wars here, are some of the most rewarding and, um, you know, unconditional loving kind of relationships that I have in my life. And I would love to see that portrayed more in Star Wars. I think it would feel more inclusive to females if it's not just... Because for the vast majority of Star Wars stories, if there's a female, it's her with a group of guys. The token Um, female. And it doesn't... Right. She's the token female that they just, you know, she's there to make it seem like we're inclusive. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... Shots fired, (laughs) Valerie. (laughs) (laughs) They could just do so much more with all of the wonderful females that they have. And I like we've mentioned multiple times, they are moving in that direction. And as long as it continues to improve, I will forever be a fan. Because unfortunately, that's like a trope across all stories. All genres. Oh, yeah. It's not just Star Wars. Yeah. If you look at Harry Potter, if you look at Percy Jackson, if you look at the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. um, There's a main girl. Right. And even if... Even if it's like the Hunger Games or like the sequels, if it's even if it's surrounding the woman, it's still two male figures. They surrounded her, her with guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we better wrap it up here. We've had so much fun. This has been talking. the best time. I know this may be my favorite episode of a podcast <laughs> I've ever done. 
Mine too. Well, a huge thank you to you, Becca and Eni, for coming on and joining me for our discussion of women in Star Wars. I've loved it so much. Absolutely. Like I said, this was this oh, was thanks. a lot of fun, and I'd love any opportunity to gush about things that I love, and Star Wars is definitely one of them, especially with you two, who are two of my favorite people. Oh, you, why are you going to make me cry again? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I already stopped crying. <laughs> Star Wars brings out the best in us, that's why. Well, let us know what your thoughts on women in Star Wars are by using the hashtag hello from elsewhere. I also wanted to mention that we have a bonus episode come out last week that are available to our patrons, our new Patreon group, Swashbuckler and above, then get the bonus episode each week. And last week we talked about mine and Casey's musical favorite music, favorite songs, and, and our kind of our journey in, in through music in our lives. Um, we also have a survey that is linked in our, it'll be in our show description. We would love for you to take it and let us know what you love about the show and, and what you'd love to see more of on the show. It'll really help us as we move forward. Also, I'm going to bring up some homework for our listeners. We need you to watch the Paddington movies and the Whoops. Knives Out because those are going to be coming up on an episode really soon. <laughs> Eeny, the children are going to be very upset with you. I, I, you still haven't watched Paddington. I, I know. Either. I, that was like a month. That was more than a month ago. Ooh. That was more than a month ago. A couple months ago, I think. But yeah. Well, now that it's homework for everyone, we're disappointing your oldest. Yes. <laughs> now that it's homework for everyone, homework for everyone. <laughs> Hello from Elsewhere is a proud member of WBNE. Visit WBNE.org for more fabulous podcasts like Bagels. Hello, I'm Tyler Carlin, and I love you. And I'm Emily Carlin, and I love you too. And if you love someone, or you love love, you should listen to our new podcast, Bagels! We're not experts, but we sure would like to be. And we believe the best way to get better at something is to practice. So listen to our story as it unfolds as young parents. As best friends. As husband and wife. As we explore what relationships mean to us and to those around us. Bagels. Available now at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we were in a myriad of places at the beginning of this episode, so we're just going to have to regroup somewhere. Uh, let's go back to the Millennium Falcon. Let's make it an all-female crew on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Okay, honestly, I don't think Han would be, like, mad about that. We would just, like, kick him off and be like, okay, well, this is our ship now. Chewie would be totally cool with it. Oh, Chewie would love it. (laughs) Becca and Eni, can you give us a happy beeps? Happy Happy beeps. beeps. Happy beeps.